the Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs, and this is episode 12. We made it. Bam. Bam. We made it. Every episode is going to be a milestone, because I assume every day something awful is going to happen to me. And, like, whatever the last episode was will be the last episode forever. But we made it to episode 12. How's it going, Mike? The computers are on fire. The computer. <laughs> Abandoned ship. I just do the podcast alone. It'll just be me reading, or it'll just be me reading Shakespeare, like, like, for the podcast. I'm not going to change the name. I'm going to keep calling it Two Book Watch Knobs, but every episode is just me doing a different, like, chapter. You know, there are people out there. I found a YouTube channel the other day. It's called, it's called Sitting and Smiling, and all of his videos are a guy. He just sits down in front of a camera okay. for four hours, what? every video, and he stares at you and he smiles. Does he, like, masturbate, or is he, like, he's just... You expect him to. I would I would but, assume that was the next part of the sentence. He just sits and smiles at you and puts his hand <laughs> on his crotch. Like I like that would have been fine. It's almost worse that he's not touching himself. Yeah. So I, I mean I I I'd listen to the Shakespeare podcast. <laughs> That's just <laughs> Oh, man, that is awesome. All right, so we have a lot to talk about today. We have um, an Orient update. We're going to get into our topic of homage watches, but as is Two Broke Watch Snobs tradition, let's do an audio wrist check. Michael, what are you wearing? Let's start with you this time. Let's start. Do we always start with you? I think so. Oh, man, I'm going to go. I'm going first this time because it's it's one of the, the best things. I have in my collection. I'm right now wearing my Seiko Sumo SBDC 033 on the bracelet. It is very rare for me to put a watch on a bracelet that it came with because I'm not like a bracelet dude. I have like I have like King Kong like Robin Williams arms, Robin Williams arms and anytime I wear like a wrist like like a watch with a with a bracelet, I'm just manscaping my wrist, but just in the one spot. You know what I mean? So you got you got to get into the wrist shaving, man. Gotta get, I'm not a swimmer. I'm not like a firefighter. There is no <laughs> reason for me to be shaving my my wrists unless it's for a watch. Can, I guess. can we just have an episode completely dedicated to wrist shaving? I want to let me write that down. Okay. Wrist. Oh, I, 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 I I wrote wrist. God God damn God damn this brand. Hashtag watch fam. <laughs> how do you how do you how do you shave your wrist? That's a good question actually. <laughs> Is that common practice? Do a lot of people prepare or shave their wrist to wear their watch because the thing is i've had to do weird things to prepare my wrist for certain watches because some watches i have are fucking heavy and i'm not like a thick wristed chap as the ladies as the ladies say you know what i'm saying so like for it so actually this is a great example so for the bracelet this morning when i put this thing on um in addition to ripping out the hairs of my arm it also slides and so what i've had to do is i've had to like get a like a drop of water and just like rub that on my arm and then put the watch Uh, on so it doesn't slide same thing you you know what i'm talking about right same thing happens with my steverall piece when i have it on um the leather strap it came with, it never happens with the rubber strap or it never happens with the NATO. That's why that's why most folks, when they see shots that I put up on the Instagram, the watches are on NATOs. 
because I just I just prefer them because they don't slide. Nothing irritates me more than a sliding like watch on my wrist. So yeah. so yeah, I've I've had to do that, but but uh, but that's such a good question. Yeah, I mean people chime in. Any weird things or not or normal things you do to prepare your wrist for a watch? I don't know. I it, it's only heavier watches. I had that issue with. It would be it would be a dream come true to go to like. Um like jck or basel or one of these like serious watch shows and just stand outside and see all these journalists like just shaving their wrists like on site real quick like all right guys we're, we're going in we're going in <laughs> let's prep them everyone everyone waxed should we i mean are we still are we still on board for basel i'm st- i'm still super into it i don't know i don't know if they're gonna let us we can just go we'll just buy tickets uh, it's like, it's apparently a crappy experience if you just get the tickets and go. Because so you don't actually see anything. So it's only worth to go if we're press. And we can't really do that until I get off my ass and get the website up and running. Well, the thing is, when you, um, from, from what I can tell, um, <clears throat> when you just buy the tickets and go, it's, right. you just kind of like walk through the through the exhibits you can't go into the actual booths and actually see the stuff like oh. rolex last last year for example uh you could just see the stuff through like glass um and that's it and then everyone's right. cl- crowded around this like these huge like i don't know glass displays and, and that's it you can't talk to anyone you can't like hold them or anything but weird i mean if i'm gonna do that i'm just gonna go to geneva and hang out with my wife and there you go right (laughs) make a vacation that's funny uh, man but yeah so for the wrist check i'm wearing my i'm wearing my sumo i love this watch it's i mean you guys have heard the story a bunch of times if you're a long time listener but if you're just chiming in for the first time i bought this watch just because i needed a watch for this cruise i was going on and none of the watches i had at the time were really i didn't feel comfortable having them like in or around water or doing anything like that because we had like a bunch of like like snorkeling and like hiking and ziplining excursions and i'm like well if i bring if i bring the big my my, my raketa big zero i'm going to bring back 400 pieces of a watch that used to be my watch like it's just going to fall apart you know what i mean and so i got the sumo on mass drop which is a cool group by website you guys should check them out um i got it for a great price and i did not expect it to wear i did not expect to wear it after the cruise yeah I I love this watch. I've worn it after the cruise a lot, a whole bunch. I've been throwing up shots on the Instagram lately, and um, it gets a lot of love. I think it's a super cool watch, and I got it in blue, so I got the blue mo. And it's just it's a it's it's just a really really awesome option. And we've done the comparison before. It's an awesome option if you're looking for like a quote unquote budget diver, and you maybe didn't want to go the SKX route. Prosecco. Yeah. You know. You know they're coming out with a patty version. Someone was saying that to I think you were saying that to me. So like what does that mean? So it's the um I think it's Professional Association of Divers Instructors oh. or Diving Instructors. <laughs> okay. I sound I sound like an idiot. No, but, no, um, dude. I I just every time I see a Seiko Patty, like the turtle, I'll just I'll just comment dat patty and I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'll just so like if if you like I wish I could show you Michael a comments like a history of all the comments I've made probably forty percent of them are just dat patty you know what I mean yeah and I just I just I just didn't I just didn't know what it meant I'm like oh that must be cool because everyone likes it I don't know things bro 
You know what I mean? It's it's just a partnership they've been doing recently, and um, interesting. They they have it for the uh, kinetic GMT diver, uh, the turtles, and I think they're coming out. So with, um, do you think some others? Do you think we're gonna see a sumo with like a Pepsi bezel? Because that would be that would be fucking crazy town. I think that's exactly what it is, dude. That's um, crazy town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Shit. Okay, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll I'll send you I'll send you a photo. Yeah, send me the photo. Uh, watch family if you hear a little bell that's just my cat she has a bell on her neck and she's every time I sit here and record it's, the, it's just the time that they have to rub their entire bodies all over me <laughs> I am the cat whisperer the begrudging cat whisperer so mine um, for my wrist check yeah what, what uh, are you wearing dude it's the uh, it's it's an odd choice I just uh, I just felt like wearing it today it's the Haldora Beatsy you're wearing that it's a giant um, watch. Tell tell everyone home the dimensions of this fucking watch. So I know it's fifty-seven lug to lug. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Just to give people yeah. a reference, my sumo I believe is a little over fifty-one millimeters lug to lug, and that's big. So just imagine five point five millimeters more, which is like I, I guess you, the. You would, You'd think mm-hmm. that I know the dimensions of this thing because I'm writing a damn review for it, but I don't. <laughs> okay, so it's so it's 45.5 millimeters wide, and uh, I mean that's not yeah, just a, that's not bad. 45. I mean that's that's huge, but I feel like it's not congruent because lug to lug. Hearing 57 millimeters lug to lug, I would assume it was like, you know, 47 millimeters in diameter or something like that. Well, the lugs bend down enough that they hug the wrist, and that's, um, you know, that's the way to do it. Right. Of course. Uh, of course, of course. So. So how do you yeah, like it? Yeah, I just it? felt like it's it's cool. Like I think I said before, it's kind of the watch that, or a watch that takes you out of the comfort zone. Which is important. Um, it's a, it's important yeah. for people to kind of try things in terms of their watch collecting that gets them out of where they're comfortable because that's how you grow. You know. Yeah, it's su- it's super like it's a really rugged watch. It's you know chunky. I think sometimes sometimes people that are into watches maybe like they want to every once in a while just put something on that's like huge. Uh, <laughs> like a, like a like a Bell and Ross is like the perfect choice for that. I think. Uh, but, um, I love those watches. But yeah, you know, after having it for a bit, you get used to the weight, and mm-hmm. uh, the really one of the only real issues I have with it is that the bracelet doesn't taper. So it's a 24 oh. millimeter wide bracelet, but it doesn't taper as it goes down to the clasp. Right. So usually, kinda, they'll, usually they'll taper. Usually they'll, they'll taper somewhere between like 18 and 19 millimeters when they're that big. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you know, because of cost, when you when you make a tapered bracelet, you're essentially creating more parts that you have to manufacture, mm-hmm. and um, you know it, it it keeps the cost down. But um, you know, what's that piece retail what, for? Do you know? It's definitely under a thousand. Right, and um, that's an that's an Etta. That's a two eight two four in there. Actually, it's five hundred fifty dollars. It's a two eight two four top grade. That's not bad, actually. Shit. Yeah. So right below the COSC. Wow. So what's uh, the what's the water water uh, you know? Th- thousand meters. Yeah. Okay. So for any of you guys that get like water meter uh, erections, 
thousand meters with a two eight two four top grade ETA for about what you said between five to six hundred bucks. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, there you go. It's not bad at all, actually. Maybe yeah, maybe that's, that's, I should buy maybe wearing. I should buy a Haldor also, and we'll just change our name to two Haldor watch snobs or two broke Haldor snobs. Two Haldors. Two Haldors. Two Hodors. <laughs> two, two Hodors. Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it! All right, sweet man, sweet, very cool. I did I did not think that you were gonna uh, opt to wear that watch again. Yeah, you know? no, I it, it was I put it away for a bit, and uh, yeah, I saw it. It stands out in the watch box <laughs> among the other things. So, <laughs> it is it uh, is your new watch box. Cause that, that that's how big it is. It's yeah yeah. <laughs> awesome. So want to move on. We got an update from Orient. So we actually. So if you guys remember, I think like uh, two episodes ago, one episode ago, something like that, we had an episode that we dedicated basically, basically the latter half of it to talking about Orient and why every goddamn watch collector, if they're actually a true orology enthusiast, if they actually have a passion for watches and not just a passion to show everyone how much money they have, because any monkey can show how much money they have by doing anything they want. Very few people can actually exercise an orological passion with watches. So if you're actually someone like that, an actual true watch collector, that's the snob in me coming out, you should have at least one Orient piece uh, in your collection. And after we did that show, um, I kind of, we kind of prompted people to say, hey, it's really weird because Orient is amazing. Everything is in-house. There's super cool designs. You get amazing value for what you get. A lot of the newer movements that are coming out are hand-winding and they're hacking and they're like the price range depending on what you're looking at between like two and four hundred bucks you know for in-house and for all those things and for sapphire crystal most of the time it's incredible but it's weird because they don't really have the same type of marketing uh digital presence that you know seiko is starting to have because you're starting to see seiko especially the states have more and more of a presence i mean I, I i we haven't talked about this uh, uh offline but michael i just know for a fact that you just see it on instagram you see them working with people who I know are influencers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a new thing. That's like just post uh, the Miami Seiko Boutique opening up, which happened in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, October? Or, or just, yeah. Or, yeah. So, yeah, sometime around that's that time. Was. Yeah. You know? And so you don't see Orient doing those same types of things, which is a shame because people can really – Get a lot of value out of the brand, and they're just really, really cool designs. And we talked about the three, uh, you know, the three different types of orange before. I'm not going to go over it again. But basically, after that episode, we asked people if you live in a certain part of the world, and if Orient is popular, or if you even know where Orient is popular, where people know about it just beyond, you know, the Orient Makos and the Rays and the Flights and the Bambinos. Like, hit us up, let us know. And so, like, people responded, and they told us, you know. You know, it, whether, whether or not they were popular there. So, uh, people uh, in the UK responded, people in the US responded, people in Australia responded, people in Europe responded. And the basic consensus is that Orient is not popular anywhere. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's basically the takeaway. Uh, that that's I, what people told us. That's what people told us. And what we had kind of construed as popular was, uh, oh, you know, you'll see it in the stores or you'll yeah, see very, it. Yeah, very mainstream. You'll see it in like, yeah, like in like a department store. Like I'm not going to walk into a fucking Macy's with my pants off. I'm not sure why I'm not wearing pants. I'm just not wearing pants. And I'm not going to see Orient. I'm going to see Seiko and I'm going to potentially see Tag Heuer. I think, I think Tag's 
uh, we have a nicer, we have like nicer department stores around here. So I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I've seen tags in there, but that's what we yeah. had kind of constituted as popular, whether it was in big stores, you know, and the consensus was no, you know, it wasn't like, and so uh, we just want to do shout outs before we get to uh, uh, even more in-depth update. We just want to do shout outs to people who went above and beyond and really let us know if you went above and beyond and I didn't say you, uh, I am me, let me know because Michael and I tried to figure out for a long time. Uh, make sure we got everyone's name down. So if you know for a fact you hit us up and gave us info and your name is not what I'm going to say here, definitely let me know and I will super fix that. My bad. I have a limited brain capacity. All right. And mail mail him a dead mouse. Mail me a dead mouse. Like don't even don't even put a note in there. I'll just know. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's this is someone I forgot. If you could shave <laughs> your Instagram tag into the side of the mouse's corpse, that'd be clutch. That'd be awesome. That way, at least, that way, I at least know. You know, well, the, well, the reality is, if, it's okay, if, if you're shipping me a dead rat from Australia, by the time it gets here, it's gonna be a big box of soup. So what I would actually really prefer is if you could just shave the rat down and just brand your handle on there and get some like Rust-Oleum lacquer and just like seal it, and then mail that to me, then uh, I'll get your name on the show. Or you can email Sound, us. Sounds like a nice hipster uh, art piece. <laughs> <laughs> These rats illustrate my pain, the pain of the working class woodworker. All right. All right, dude. But uh, yeah, so uh, shout outs to DC Cooper 1987, who basically let us know he's in the UK and he's never really seen them. They're not popular. Uh, huge shout out to Watch Video Review, who has a YouTube channel, which is just somehow inexplicably named Watch Videos. Yeah, because it wasn't. Taken. It's hard. To, it's hard to search for because if I go, because <laughs> the YouTube URL is just nonsense. So yeah. if I want to search watch videos, that's like, that's it, impossible. It's to a find, shame but... he's so hard to find because that guy. So he's some sort of. I don't know if he's in Asia for business, but he has a particular pension for uh, Japanese watches. And so on his channel and on his YouTube channel, he reviews and just has lots of shots of like really cool uh, Japanese domestic market Seikos. And so we figured, hey, might as well reach out to this guy. He might know if Orient is at the very least popular in Japan. And he basically said no. He will, you know, he will sometimes see it in like stores just because it's convenient, like they're right there. But he basically explained by no means are they popular. The most popular watches he sees in Japan and what he po what he constitutes popular is just what he saw in the wild. Where uh, he gave us three watches. It was uh, Casio, Seiko, and Rolex. Those are the three most popular yep. watches he'd seen in Japan. And I can totally see that. That's actually not very far off from kind of what we see, <laughs> what we see here. Except not really Seiko. It's more like you know Casio and uh, like Casio G-Shocks. I I've seen more Casio G-Shocks. Well, no, well, Apple watches. Those aren't only aren't technically watches, but I've seen more Apple watches and Casio G-Shocks than anything, you know. And I think I think in Japan you have just more watch advertising in general, like. Billboards, really? buses. Wow, like, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know that. So, yeah, huge shout-out to Watch Video Review. He, he sent us a really, really in-depth uh, direct message. Uh, shout-out to – I'm going to fuck this up because it's like a tongue twister sort of – E-A-8. E-A-8. I got that right. Um, he let us know what's up, kind of gave us an uh, uh, – a rundown. He was in a, a watch repair shop near him, and he had brought up Orient. And the watch service guy there had said Orient was popular in the Caribbean, which still doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that's true. 
because mm. I've been to the Caribbean and the way it works there is because there's no like tax, it's all duty free and all that bullshit. Swedish brands fucking reign supreme in the Caribbean. You know what I mean? Uh, there, there, uh, there's a place called fucking what's the hell? Like Little Switzerland. They carry a whole. There, it's a, it's a chain sort of on the islands. They carry a whole bunch of brands. They have Panerai, they have Tag, they have Zenith, all that garbage. Uh, there's a place called Diamonds International, and they have a, a huge fucking variety of Swedish brands or Swedish, the Swiss brands. So, I mean, it maybe it's popular, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I still, I still don't really know how to say Caribbean. What do you? Yeah, you're saying you're right. Caribbean. Oh, no, oh okay. What, what, what did I say? Did I say Caribbean? Which one is it? I, I, I think it depends on where you're from. Okay, watch, family. In addition to letting us know how you prepare your wrist for your watch, <laughs> how do you say Caribbean? Do you say Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> or do you say or do you say Caribbean? This is this this is the same culinary culinary argument. Although the culinary uh, thing is more of like a northeast like New York upstate New York thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can I can I can specifically pinpoint that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, so that was E E A eight. God damn it, dude. E A eight weighing in. Uh, he's also super super cool. He's got a lot of awesome watches on his channel. Um, he engages with us a lot, so always super helpful. And the last person, I like his, uh, I like his solar chronograph. The Seiko. The thing is so cool. Uh, like when I saw that, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's. I have to look it up. And I looked it up on Amazon, and I'm like, shit, I could totally get this watch too. Like it's, <clears throat> it's quite beautiful, you know. Yeah. Um. So and also a shout out to brh watches BR, bra watches um i feel like he's been listening forever dude is super super cool you know what i mean um he's mm -hmm. especially awesome because he is a fellow uh soviet watch enthusiast i think that actually might be how we had found each other um so he's got a lot of really cool watches on his channel if you're just specifically uh soviet watches uh as as i am definitely check it out he is in australia and he basically said they're not fucking popular here orient orient is not uh popular there and so the consensus is that orient is not popular anywhere and we have found out why so i reached out to orient usa and they reached back to me and i spoke with the marketing director and he basically gave me a really super interesting rundown. You know what I'm saying? So basically... Today, actually. Yeah, today. Like, this is this is breaking. This is breaking fucking two Rogue Watch snobs breaking. news. Breaking news. <laughs> I need one of those, like, scrolling <laughs> things. Okay, there you go. Perfect. There you go. There you go. That's my, that's my dramatic drum, drum breaking uh, info news break thing so yeah no we just heard back from him today super kind guy really awesome answering all of our questions basically the way it works is that orient japan is a thing and there are different branches but they're sort of independent licensed entities who operate completely remotely and not in conjunction with orient japan or other flagship Orient uh, 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 distributors around the world. And he's told me that there are basically uh, 75 countries that Orient had a presence in. And so just think of it like that, 75 different independently operating businesses acting as Orient, you know, Brazil and Orient, I don't know. Is well, does that mean there are 75 different independent distributors or do... Are there several distributors that encompass several countries? You know what I mean? So like, is there, an, what, is there an Orient Middle East, for example? What I'm like... going to assume is that it's one 
main Orient country name for each country because if Orient USA is the sole one here and this is a fairly large country, you know what I mean? Right. I could see that being the case. Now, the thing is, Orient USA here works with companies like Long Island Watch, like uh, Mastrop. These are official distributors, but Orient USA is like the USA flagship for Orient, but they have no direction or digital presence kind of direction from Orient Japan. They just get the watches <laughs> and they get the product spec sheets and they kind of just come up with it on their own, which is super different, incredibly different than how the other watch brands do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other watch brands like Omega, for example, like nothing happens in Omega unless it was sparked or started or, or, or impetus from Switzerland. Same with Swatch, same with the Swatch group, all them different fucking entities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, oh fuck, is Omega Swatch or is Omega Richemont? Omega Swatch. Omega Swatch. Yeah, okay, so there. Like a redundant example. Um, that's not the case with Orient. Orient USA could choose to do a special on the new Orient Howards, which are fucking gorgeous, by the way, uh, completely on their own if they wanted to. They could do it without direction from Orient Japan. So that, I feel like, explains why there's such, like, a strange disconnectedness. You know what I'm saying? It's. I mean, it's bound to happen if if you potentially have seventy five different, yeah, companies. Yeah, man. <laughs> I just I, I just didn't realize it was like that because I I had assumed that. But you know, it it turns out we weren't we weren't spitballing when we were kind of thinking about that restructuring that they mentioned because he also did say that you know part of the restructuring could you know improve this yeah you know, or it's, it's one of the goals seiko epson corporation which again we have to reiterate is different from seiko watch corporation seiko epson corporation uh which the director kind of described as a cousin as opposed to like a little brother which i th feel like a lot of people would be inclined to say uh seiko seiko epson who owns orient is basically going through a lot of restructuring and he kind of specifically flagged that, you know, he was told that there would be changes coming down the line, which would potentially affect kind of worldwide digital presence, or at least some specific country digital presence. So they're aware of it. Seiko Epson is very aware. I can hear you turning your bezel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Seiko <hear> Epson. <laughs> let, me see, uh, the, the, uh, let me turn the sumo. It's not very loud. Can you hear that? Yeah. Sort of. It's not a very loud uh, click, but it's super, super solid. Um, so he basically said that Seiko Epson Corporation, there's a lot of restructuring going on, and it could come down the line where they start taking more of a consolidated approach to their national specific or global digital presence, which I think will be fucking fantastic. Please, yes, for God's sakes, don't let 75 different fucking entities operate independently. You know what I'm saying? Right? That just sounds like a nightmare. I'm like, dude, like, no wonder. No no wonder. Yeah. There's like, there's no cohesion. You know what I mean? A press, a press I'd, st I'd still love to travel somewhere and see like an Orient ad on the side of the bus. Didn't, That'd be cool. It's never going to happen. I don't think that's ever... I well, Actually, I can't say that. I don't know. Maybe it will if that specific Orient distributor in that country feels like, hey, let's spend 5,000 bucks and get an ad on a bus for a month. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. Yeah. They operate, and it's not like they take orders from a mothership, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, 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 
I'm harping on it because it's still very like like really like that's how you chose <laughs> to do it. So um, thanks to everyone that chimed in. Uh, definitely, definitely gave us some insight and definitely kind of supported what we had felt was the case after we had gotten uh, word back from their or from the Orient USA marketing director and just how. Orient operates, you know, in terms of the digital footprint, like, like, and the thing is, I'm not, that's not me saying, oh, well, independent entities can't do it. Like, no, it's not, that's not the case. Independent entities can do it. But when you have a globally recognized brand, hold on, you're going to hear a bell on that, the cats really trying to get my attention. I see you, sweetheart. Is trying are to they global? Are they globally uh, recognized though? I feel- are they just popular? Are they just popular on Watch You Seek? I mean, if they're in 75 countries, would you constitute that as global? Yeah, I would, but... What, well, is, I should have asked him what countries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm an asshole. I didn't even think of that. I, I really don't... I don't I, it, it almost... I know, we get, I know we have answers, but it, all, it almost makes it more of a mystery now. Yeah, I just, I, like, I, as to as to why as to why it would even be this way. I don't know, but I'm hoping the Seiko Epson restructuring of Orient and their wearables department addresses it. I hope we kind of see more of like an organic digital uh, outreach effort. You know what I mean? That goes beyond. Are there Orient? Are there Orient brand ambassadors? No, I think that's us. <laughs> there are that's, that's the orient that's the orient sub forum on watch you seek <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 exactly right like there aren't and the thing is so it's weird so i'm weird about brand ambassadors i want to do an episode on that and like so that begs the question will a brand ambassador help i don't know no but it can't not at all. it can't hurt just to let people know you exist you know what i mean brand Some... ambassadors are growing uh progressively more and more irrelevant actually and but. as they grow more and more irrelevant, you notice Tag Heuer starts getting more and more ambassadors. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> oh man, that's funny. Like they just got some street artists. Some I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know people's names. But um, there's just uh, no wait. That was that was that Tag or it was Tag. I think I think that was them. It was Tag because they gave him like a blinged out. I think it was a Carrera. Yeah. It was it was ugly. Ugliest sin, dude. <laughs> it looked like it looked like a fucking bedazzled wart. You know what I'm saying? You can you can bedazzle your warts to make them better. You can bedazzle. That's, that's one thing you can if do. If you are shameful about your warts, watch family. You can just fucking bedazzle them shits. Make them sparkle, yeah. dude. But yeah, so um, got a lot of answers. Still kind of curious as to why things are the way they are. But it definitely, I think, gives all of us insight into. It's not surprising that they don't really have a cohesive global strategy because they just didn't think it was necessary to think of it. So yeah, uh, shout outs again to DC Cooper, 1987. He emailed us, huge shout outs to watch video review and um, giving us that super, super detailed uh, DM conversation we had. Shout outs to EA, E, God damn it, dude, EA8. Um, you did it. I did it, man, I did it, mom. I, uh, I showed you guys. And then shout outs to BRH watches. You, uh, Everyone stay awesome, keep hitting us up, super, super cool. Again, if I forgot your name, just do that dead rat thing and uh, I'll say your name on the next one um yeah does that cover it for the orient update i think i think that about i think that about does it i mean anything we hear also about any kind of changes that are going to happen with the restructuring we will relay that 
But as of right now, it's that's just the way it is. 75 different countries with 75 different marketing strategies operating in complete different ways without communicating with each other. <laughs> it's a recipe for success. It's I literally dude, I literally just pictured like a hoarder house where the where the hoarder lady is dead and there's just 75 cats running around. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's what I pictured when he said, "Oh, yeah, 75 countries and we operate independently." I'm like, "Are you fucking shitting me, dude?" That's that's insanity. Like but I am I am very grateful that uh, he got back to us super and so awesome. quickly. Yeah, super yeah. super cool. Really really appreciate that. I mean, I guess that's the benefit of having yeah. an independently operated kind of brand limb. I don't have to go through red tape and bullshit to reach the marketing director. <laughs> now, did you use did you use like Orient Watch USA? Yeah, Is that Orient, what you did like yeah. a contact form. I I went I I used their contact form. Yes. Okay. I sent them a DM yeah, and I used their contact there's form. Orient, there's also orientwatch.com. Is that like that? Well, he gave me. He actually gave me the email uh, for the, I think for the marketing department in Japan. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if they know English. That's very unfair of me to say. They probably know better English than I do. You know what I mean? Um, I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, but I think Orient, that website you're talking about, the non-USA one, I think that that is the USA version from the Japan flagship. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't purchase watches on the orientwatch.com website, but you can purchase watches on Orient Watch USA, whatever the fuck it's called. That Mako USA 2 is 345 now, and they got the black and white one in stock. Is that right? Black bezel, white white dial? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, there's a coupon going right now for 35% off and free shipping. Quick, what's 35% of fucking, what'd you say, 300? You're asking the wrong guy. I am asking 340, 345. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me, let me find the calculator on my tablet. Oh, tablet, I know, I know I'm already taxing you beyond your limits by running Skype, but uh, <laughs> just, just stick with me. 345 times, god. God. Okay, 120 minus 345. Oh God. Oh God. $224. That's not fucking bad. Did you say 30% off or 35% off? You, oh, yeah, 35%. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Damn. Are you going to buy it right now? Buy it right now. I don't here. know. That's, a, that's, that's basically... Uh, God, math. 70% uh, of what I want to pay for the Speed Tech Chronograph, which I'm going to get. I'm going to get that fucking watch, Michael. Yeah, I get that watch. You have you have some divers already. I do have some divers. Although, you, you, you were the one that keeps saying, I can never have enough divers. Like, you were a dive watch man. No. No, you can never have too many divers. <laughs> <laughs> and no matter what, I'll always buy more Seiko <laughs> divers. Redheads, brunettes, blacks... I can never have too many divers. <laughs> That's basically the conversation we're having. Who can have too many divers? There's so many to choose from. All right, let me pick this back up. Make sure I didn't lose you. Yep, you're still there. All right, got it. My, my tablet, I mean, asking my tablet to run the calculator, I think I was asking it to fucking operate the golden eye in the, sat the satellite. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Boris. Yeah, Boris. Boris. I just watched that like a couple weeks ago, actually. I um Boris. I never did did I tell you about the Omega in that movie? It shoots a laser. 
Yeah, so it shoots a laser, and I, I think we talked about it. I don't know, on air or maybe just off, but that's like... Man, that was like V-Watch when I was a little kid. Like, if yeah. I could have that watch that shot the laser, <laughs> I would be so cool. The post-Bond or the Bond Seamaster 300? Yeah, but I, and I don't know why. I don't know why I got into, like, this weird James Bond watch research a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it's actually, it's actually a quartz one that he wears... Uh, in that movie you know what's funny that makes more sense than him wearing a, a, a mechanical that could potentially just fucking fail or he has to repair yeah. or service all the time you know what i mean yeah and there's there's like a really big scene where um alec trevelyan like i don't know is making fun i think he's like captured or something and he's like he's like oh you got the new model yeah, and they yeah, both yeah, like yeah. hold watches together yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you have the new model. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know what? This is overt, but I like it. Like, I. <laughs> yeah. The f- first, first time Omega was in a Bond film. Yeah. You know what's funny? That was that's the first fun. Bond film I ever saw because it came out when I was a kid. Yeah. That's, I, that, that's the first one I saw too, but just because I had the game and I was like. Oh, man. The game, dude, on 64, on Nintendo 64. Yeah. Dude, man. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Are, no, we, I, are we ready to? Are we ready to talk about homage watches? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can we? Can we do a transition from Omega to homage watches? Let's just talk about homage watches. I think it's really, really interesting because I think people's first inclination when they sort of learn about homage watches, like in the watch world, like if you first get into watches and you learn about the sub, uh, the, 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 the the Rolex Submariner. And you're like, oh, man, that's crazy. I'd love to afford that one day. And if someone's like, well, you could just go to, like, Invicta and you can get one for, like, under 100 bucks or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I think someone's gut reaction is, well, then what's the fucking point of, like, like why would I do that? Like, that seems like, I think in some people's brains, and you correct me if I'm wrong, like, I feel like some people's brains, they kind of equate it to a fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's a good place to start the conversation. I think homage homage can't be synonymous with fake replica or counterfeit because i don't think i don't think there's any brand out there that's making these homage or inspired watches uh-huh. that is trying to pass it off as a real thing so you wouldn't you even know, Stein, you, you wouldn't even call it a replica because i feel like there are some homages which i would kind of constitute as a replica how would you define a replica i think when i think replica i think like to the T, like exact markings, everything. Like they both say oh, Rolex. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That, if that's the case, then that's impossible. Because yeah. then, then replica and counterfeit are basically the same thing. I was thinking of MK2 watches. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, um, but to your point, it doesn't have the same markings. Um, the, the movement's different, obviously. But then, what constitutes uh, what constitutes an, an homage or a replica? If you do a replica, to your point, Michael, it better have the same. Rolex or you know Omega Seamaster three uh, three hundred movement blah 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 so on and so forth so okay I, I can see what you're, I'm sorry there's 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 no space in the watch world for those watches though like I don't think those watches should be made <clears throat> correct um, and uh, and it's a, it's a huge problem and I think uh, anyone that is kind of into homage watches or is like I don't know, interested in buying one is always going to face like some kind of ridicule because right. homage watches are kind of just grouped into fakes, counterfeits, and uh, you know, maybe maybe some 
entities there that have some disingenuous uh, <laughs> uh, intentions. Uh, yeah, no, of course, of, of course. Like passing them on. Because I think... But, um, oh, sorry, go on. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, because I feel like... Just think of it like the other thing which watches, for some goddamn reason, go hand in hand in all the time. Not, I mean, I obviously know why, but, you know, cars. Can you imagine if yeah. there were, like, homage cars? Like, an homage Mercedes... You know what I'm saying? Or actually, could yeah. you make the argument that there are homage Mercedes? It's just not as overt. I think they're like I don't know anything about cars, but I think they're like kit cars that you could buy that are supposed to like look like other more expensive cars. Right, but that's not like mainstream in the same way Invicta versus Rolex would be. Those are two mainstream companies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I, I feel like if someone says, oh, I bought an, uh, an homage Mercedes-Benz, like, dude, everyone knows it's not a real fucking Mercedes. Why the fuck would you buy that? You know what I'm saying? Right. I feel like that's but what is the person is the person explicitly trying to pass it off as a Mercedes? Like, does it have the, do, oh, that's, that's a, have the logo on the front? That's a good point. Buyer intention. I don't know. I know. Yeah. So you mentioned Steinhardt, or at least you tried to before, before I railroaded you, which I apologize for. Steinhardt. <laughs> Uh, Steinhardt does. Hold on, we were just getting an Instagram I... Instagram message. Someone, <laughs> okay. I think I'm gonna give him a shout out right now because this guy's hilarious. He's been DMing me all day. I think his name is P.S. Dance. I'm gonna get it right in the show notes. P.S. Dance just <laughs> just direct messaged us and said, "Kaz, will you be my friend even though I own a Brightling?" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, of course, yes. Yes, I'll be your friend even if you own a Breitling. I know I've said bad things about Breitling, but those are my personal opinions. It's what I always say, collect in a vacuum regardless of what the world around you says. Because if the world around you says bad things about the watches you're collecting and you still love them, that's you exercising your passion. So in the same way with the homage watches, like that, like you had one of those Steinhardt, um, what was it, the uh, Ocean One Mil uh, Legendary? What the fuck was it called? <laughs> the Legendary. The Legendary? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I had yeah I had the Ocean One Vintage Military. Right, that's and, what it um, was. Because I can't get around it. I love the fifty five seventeen mil sub, and I'm never gonna own it. And I have no problem with that. <laughs> it's just even if I was the kind of person that that could dish out a hundred and eighty grand for a watch, Jesus. I'm not gonna do it. Doesn't um, doesn't John Mayer have three? I think he does. I think he has the fifty-five, seventeen, the thirteen, and then there's a dual reference. Um, yeah, yeah. He probably he probably does. We should we should have been um, we should we should have been musicians. Oh wait, we were musicians. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Didn't work out. Didn't work, work, man. <laughs> Shit. Well, I was I was in I was in I was in bad bands, so that's different. <laughs> I was in bad bands too. <laughs> Dude, I was, in, I was in a band called No Refunds because we wanted the crowd to literally know what they were getting into. The band name was No <laughs> Refunds. All right? Just to be super uh, clear how this was going to play out for the audience. Like, listen, guys, you know what you know now. There are no refunds. All right? We are no refunds. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, you, you could actually... So the Steinhardt, um, yeah, I had one for a bit. And uh, I don't think I'd own one again. Mind you, one of the funniest arguments you're going to encounter when you're, if you're interested in, a, in an homage watch and you're like on the forums and stuff, for some reason, it's the weirdest argument and I see it come up over and over and over again, okay. is what are you going to do when somebody asks you, uh, is that a Rolex? Just like standing in the street, like, 
or hey nice rolex what are you gonna do when you have to explain to them oh it's not a rolex it's this dude a, and it's gonna be awkward uh no it's the, not gonna be awkward like it's a fucking squala or it's a steinhardt dude not only Goodbye. that not only that a that's never gonna fucking happen that's never Ever. gonna happen no one's ever. ever gonna ask you or say to you, hey, nice Rolex. The only compliments, or not even fucking compliments, observations I've gotten on my watches are like the color. Like I wore the Stevrol to work one day and there's this, uh, I share an office with this girl and she, at the time she was trying to find a watch to, uh, to buy for her fiance for Christmas. She ended up buying him um, uh, one of those like day-date chronographs that Nixon makes. I mean, it's super. It, it's a cool watch. It's a cool office watch. Right. If you want, like, you know, want one with the subdials on it, you know, what I mean? it's a cool entry brand quartz watch. Especially if you're like a Star Wars fan, because I know they have a couple like cool Star Wars like green and red uh, lightsaber models. Um, I, mm. I I live next to Disney, so I see the fucking signs all the time in in, in downtown <laughs> Disney. But uh, but yeah, so it's a cool brand. But like before that, she was like watch crazy, trying to figure out and like look at everyone's watches. And so I I went to work one day and I was wearing I was wearing the Stevron. She's like, oh my god, that watch is so cool. And Michael, I was so excited. I'm like, yes, this is like this is my time to tell this innocent bystander every single fucking thing I know about this watch. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I know about this watch, I'm about to hit you over the head with. That's happening right now, and she's like, "Oh, I love, I love how it's green." And I'm like, "Yep, that just killed the whole conversation." I know it shouldn't, but that just killed. I'm like, "Yeah, it's green. It's got a green dial. I hate everything about myself." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know. And she's like, "She's like, oh, where'd you get it?" I'm like, "Oh, I got it from this micro brand." And I had to explain micro brands, and she's like, "Oh, you know, how much you pay for it?" I told her how much I paid for it, and she just, just went pale. She's just like, "Oh, that's. I'm not looking to spend that much." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I said to myself." before I bought it. You know what I mean? Most people aren't. And you know, even even for people starting out, getting into the sub five hundred dollar range is tough. It's tough. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I'll I'll never it's forget not, I'm sorry. It's not that it's hard financially, like I can't do it, but the idea of spending that much on an accessory mm-hmm. or you know, something that isn't like a mechanical work of art in your brain just yet. Um, it's it's hard for some people. I'll, I'll never forget. You were there actually. The first time I'd spent over three hundred bucks on a watch, it was my uh, Omega Seamaster Thirty. I was in your old joint in Miami when that guy's uh, listing went up, and mm-hmm. uh, we were looking at it, it was going and so forth. And um, I think he had it listed. Actually, I think he had it listed for four hundred or four hundred twenty-five, and I threw him like three seventy-five or four hundred, and like he took it and like. Like it was just crazy because I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Like I spent, I just feel it just feels weird when you go past like the two hundred dollar mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. and um, you know that that's that's another that's another function of homage watches. Exactly. And, um, you know, I had I had the Steinhardt for for a bit, and I really, I don't think I'd buy one again. But um, I remember that. I remember we we were having lunch. This is when this is when you were still in Miami. When I was still, you know, in the Miami area, we were yeah, having. Yeah, you tried it on. I tried it on, but at the time I was also wearing the Big Zero, and like I did a yeah. I did a side by side. It was like holding a fucking like 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 a like a like a bread plate versus like a grape. I'm like, well, this is a this is a big fucking watch. Yeah, <laughs> and it had like weights. Like, if in an event of an emergency, if I had to fend off an attacker, I would grab your watch first 
and use it as implemented melee, you know, for four-sided yeah. dice. You know what I'm saying? So, and for, for me, it's for me, it's the Achilles heel of the watch. Um, the size. Those, yeah, not not so much that it's 42 millimeters versus 40 millimeters, like you know the uh, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But the lug to lug, man, and like like I was just telling you with with the Haldor, you know, the Haldor is 57 lug oh. to lug, but the lug design makes it just fine. Haldor. You know. Right. On, <laughs> Sorry. Haldor. Haldor. Uh, on <laughs> on the Steinhardt. They're just straight as hell. Those lugs are just straight, and they just jet out the side of your wrist. That's tough, and, man. Um, Did you have? And a... you know, you. I'm sorry. You you want to wear the mill sub on the NATO, and the NATO makes it makes that. I was gonna ask even you stronger. I was gonna ask you if it came with the bracelet, and if so, how did it wear with the bracelet? Because I feel like in that instance, they don't want you to take it off the bracelet. Not once did I put it on the bracelet. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, I, I mean, it's it, you want the mill sub look. Of course, of course. Fixed fix spring bars, you know, you just you wear it with a NATO. Um, but uh, I still think it's a cool watch. There's there's a there's a limited edition maxi version that comes with an acrylic crystal. Oh wow. Um, yeah, cool. yeah, those look really cool. So um, is that so? so you know I, I don't know too much about Steinhardt. Is that something they just do? Do they just do homages, or do they have like distinct models? To their detriment, I think so. I see. Um, I, they they might have some. I guess maybe they're trying to roll out some more unique designs. <clears throat> I don't really keep up with with what they do. Um, the the vintage military was the only watch I ever like looked at from them with any interest. Um, but you know, going back to that argument that people like to like to hammer down your throat, um, oh yeah, that's never <laughs> that's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. Uh, and, and to your and point, actually, and to your point, even if it does happen, there's nothing wrong with saying, "Oh no, it's a Squale, you know, fifteen twenty-one or whatever the fuck that thing is called." You know what I mean? Or, uh, "Oh no, yeah. it's like uh, it's this it's this, this Invicta or whatever." Even though people, Invicta's weird. I want to talk about Invicta some more, but 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 yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying, "No, this isn't a Rolex." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's not a Rolex, it's a Steinhardt. Actually, I think one of the top posts on the watches subreddit is a dude, I guess he was at a baseball game, and he just happened to be sitting next to this big time TV actor or whatever. Okay. And he he noticed that he noticed that the actor was kind of like staring at his wrist. Like kind of just like looking like trying to figure out what watch this it's dude the, was it's wearing the, it's the look that's the look of our people <laughs> and then and then he i guess the actor kind of motioned him to come over i, I forgot the dude's name and he kind of like he showed him like he was actually wearing a 55 17 mil sub who the actor was wearing so, that? yeah the actor Jesus. was so you know he he has like a photo diary there of um you know him him meeting the guy getting like an autograph and like swapping watches and like taking photos and stuff i'm like yeah there you go that's maybe that can happen too maybe that can but, uh, <laughs> but the thing is the milsub guy initiated you know what i mean yeah yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah. um but another another thing about the homage watches um i think people will tell you that if you're interested in buying a watch uh, but you're not sure if you want to spend that kind of money just yet. Mm-hmm. Just buy one, 
um, buy the homage, and if you like it enough, maybe it can spark something in you to get the real thing. Exactly. I, that, I was going to make that point, actually. That was uh, uh, like the crux of the conversation I had with uh, Jeff over at Overland Exchange. Uh, check out Overland Exchange. They have really cool leather straps. Um, you might have seen, I own one. I have it on the um, Seiko 7002. Super cool. But we were basically talking about that. We were talking about like Invicta and homage watches, and he says that he's had a few Invictas in the past, and he's loved them because they've been good indicators of whether or not he actually wants to try and like aim for the actual uh, uh, watch that this homage is modeled from or inspired mm -hmm. by you know what I'm saying yeah and I never thought about that before that was like one of the first or one of the first times where I was kind of like really rethinking my stance on homages because like it's only very recent where I've been like there's enough room in the watch world for us to not shit on homage while enough hobbies and passions that exist are just shit on everything else within them. You know what I'm saying? Like every every hobby, every hobby, every is hobby. by by somebody that wants to shit on what you like. Ugh, this guy's <laughs> this guy's playing acrylic BC Rich. Fuck that guy. I mean that. Okay, if you like that guitar, rock and roll. It's really not for me. It's basically the same thing. It's it's the same weight as like a, like a, just like a corpse. It has the same weight distribution. It is not a comfortable guitar. But if you're like super into Static X and you want to just rock an acrylic BC Rich Warlock or whatever they have mm -hmm. now, I have no idea. That's awesome, dude. We need less hate in these fucking hobbies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a point that Jeff was making. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing uh, uh, an homage, especially especially from Invicta, just because they're so uh, it's so accessible. You know what I mean? Right. But you know what's funny? I feel like even if people have a very open mind in the watch world, anytime they hear Invicta, they just like spit on the earth like a, like a gypsy girl. Like, oh, you know, like Invicta, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a very controversial brand. Yeah. I think it has to do maybe more with, more so with the marketing um, and the way it's essentially the mall watch. Yes. It's the mall yes. kiosk watch. That that's That's what Invicta is. Um, maybe not so much that it's copying the, the you know a sub or anything because there are a bunch of brands that do that. Right. I I, th I think that's what people hate the most uh, it's, about the brand. It's that, and I feel like okay. So we're not luxury watch snobs. We're like we're horology passion snobs, but luxury watch snobs, which encompass a very large uh, portion of you know the, the group that we're in, unfortunately. I feel like they hate on Invicta a lot because Invicta tries to portray themselves as a luxury brand, but always making the person feel like they're getting a deal. A thousand dollars marked down to 50. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the big one. That's yeah. like, I feel like, and I, I, hold on one second. I see you, sweetheart. Daddy's trying to entertain people right now, okay? You're a good cat. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry. They're very, like, my cats are just surrounding me. Every, the, the, okay, people have to understand, my cats just follow me around everywhere. I have no idea why. Everything I do, the cats have to be involved in. You know what I mean? Oh, Dad, you're shaving your head. Can we can we get on that? Is that cool? You know? Everything. <laughs> um, not getting more Instagram stuff. I was just looking at that. So, 
so okay yeah so i i had experienced this and it was really really weird sort of like the idea of affordable luxury really really perturbs a lot of like watch people because i told you about that guy in my office right who i thought was a watch person well actually that's not fair for me to say maybe he is a watch person i i, I think he's a he's, he's a fucking retard but what do i know um i should say that's not very nice but uh but yeah so i i had mentioned to him that i had like watch he's like oh yeah i like watches too and like i looked at his wrist and he was just wearing like this like super straightforward like um uh, mechanical uh, Bolova or you know Bolova, however you say that thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, that's awesome. He's wearing he's wearing he's wearing a Bolova. That's that's rock and roll. And he's like, oh man, you know, um, uh, is there like a watch you're like saving up for? And I'm like, ah, sort of, not really. At the time, there were some things I was interested in, but I've I've matured since then. Oh, it was it was the diesel guy, is the dude that showed you the the diesel watches. Is it was the, the guy that showed me the Invicta like Zeus model. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> The Invicta Zeus model, it literally, the best way I can describe it is if Vin Diesel, I assume Vin Diesel wears a cock ring, Vin Diesel's cock ring looks like these Invictus, or or Optimus Prime's cock ring. Let's do another Optimus Prime reference. I think I made one last show. Optimus Prime's cock ring looks like one of these Zeus Invicta watches, and it looked like the second I put it on, I would just give my wrist cancer. Like, it's just inst is it, is it an original design? I think so. But I think it's meant to try and attract those like Hublot kind of guys because it's a very uh, angular, non-round kind of design. But it looks like it's like a fucking like like bracelet, like a Hercules yeah. bracelet, like Kevin Sorbo Hercules, not like Disney Hercules. You know what I'm saying? And it mm -hmm. was like it was like it was like a nine hundred dollar watch or something. And like oh, wow. the way he was lusting is like, man, when I get that watch, everything in my life's gonna change. And I'm like, dude, like <laughs> what, like what? I was so upset because I felt like betrayed, and at the same time, I had the reaction I think a lot of watch people have. It's like, bro, that's not a fucking not. That's not a thousand dollar watch. What the hell is wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're giving luxury watches a, a bad name. You know, I, I'm. I understand now, now that I'm wiser, that that was not a fair reaction for me to have in my head, because all, all of my reactions happened in my head, and I shoved them way, way down into what I called my hate center until one day it just accumulates into chest cancer. That's just, that's just by my fate. I don't express we'll be sure to get that. We'll be sure to get that on the air. Get that on the air. Fearless. Yes. <laughs> it's very important. And so, but at the same time, like, dude, fuck me. Fuck me for feeling so entitled to being a watch person to shit on this guy liking Invicta, which is like catering to people who want homage pieces or who want hublot looking pieces but they don't want to pay fucking like ten thousand dollars for a big bang whatever the fuck it's called it's it's not even that you know another thing that i think about if there if there's a watch and it's an homage watch let's say that the squalor like 1521 or whatever mm -hmm. 1545 I, I could be wrong but you know let's say there's somebody getting into watches right. and uh they came across that squalor and they're <laughs> they're kind of like just late at night on a laptop reading about this watch kind of shopping around looking for reviews um you know and they're inadvertently start learning about a movement right or about squala's history you know it's it's a watch that's still pulling somebody into watches it's getting somebody excited about a hobby yeah um you know getting them getting them to take part in in something that they love and and will love even more after you know maybe buying the watch yeah that's a great point um, you know there and, is and a, like, there is a place in watch uh kind of like 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 horology enthusiasm and watch passionry for that kind of stuff you know yeah yeah 
as long as it's not explicitly trying to come off as a as a counterfeit or uh i'm sorry as a counterfeit trying to trying to be passed off as something genuine yeah that's different i really that's, don't that's a different case i don't see a pro yeah yeah that's that's a that's that's way different i don't think it's anything you'll see in uh even forums i think i think forums are pretty explicit about um banning talk uh, on replica watches and stuff like that mm-hmm. so um, that's that's when you buy your folex from canal street yeah you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean exactly and you, and you have to get that fake watch buster guy on you and uh, you know you 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 said it you said it best um, you know collecting in a vacuum. Yeah, uh, man. If you see just, something, just, it, exactly. You know. If you see something uh, and you like it, and you you do your research and you get excited about it and you you want to throw down and and get it and you and you buy it and you wear it and you enjoy it. That's that's everything about loving a watch. Exactly. So when, my, when if, you look if, when if you look coworker, down. I'm oh, sorry. When you look down at your wrist and you're looking at your watch, not because you want to know the time, but just because you want to smile at what you're seeing, yep, that's that's fine. That's what it's about. That's you exercising yeah. your passion for watches as you should, independent of whatever bullshit people say around you. If my coworker wants to wear Vin Diesel's fucking cockery on his wrist, let him do it. That's if that makes him happy. Cool. And there's a new Triple X movie coming out. Speaking of Vin Diesel, right? I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I saw that. I was um, the fucking commercial came up. I'm like, really? Is this the time? Is this the time for the new triple triple X movie? I guess yeah, it man. is, man. I guess. <laughs> I guess. 2017. It is. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, right. The year just started. I really don't yeah. need the year shat on with a fucking new triple X movie that no one <laughs> asked for. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give better, me another Judge Dredd movie with fucking Carl Urban, whatever that guy's name is. You know what I mean? There you go. That movie was fucking amazing. But um, but yeah, it, it's it's something I feel like needs to be addressed because, and I've seen it just in interactions I've had with some people. You know what I mean? Don't like don't hate on homage watches. Don't feel like they're lesser watches. That's not fair because just because you this is this is a fucking super general. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean something someone else won't like something. And if you're ever the type of person who complains, man, I don't have any watch friends. Well, of course not because they're all fucking afraid to start buying watches because we make fun of all the all the affordable watches. Orient gets shit on, you know what I mean? Fucking uh uh, 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 uh what the we're Invicta gets shit on, you know? Like like our people. oh I mean you you have I guess actually I guess I technically own an homage what's I that guess, is is that what the mako is interesting you think it's a sub homage well here there's there's something else that i want to talk about and it's it, it goes into another hobby that i don't think is affected the same way okay and it's and it's guitar playing all right because so when you get when you get super gear nerdy into like buying guitars and stuff you have you know take something like the fender strat there's Fender and they make the Strat. Yeah. But if you go out and you spend like four grand for like a Fano or like three grand for a Nash, these they're called they're not called homage builders. They're called boutique builders. <laughs> and so in this in this community in this hobby, they're seen as companies that take the design from Fender, and they take everything that Fender is doing wrong and they fix it. So. Okay. You're awesome if you're playing one of those guitars, you know, in in the gear nerd circle. Right. Even right. though it's technically 
a Strat copy or a Telecaster copy. And it, it blows my mind because I've like, I, you know, that, that's just, that was another hobby of mine that I just went nuts over. Um, and then going into watches, I would find, I'd find watches like, like from Squally and stuff like that, or, or watches that were in the style of the Submariner. Uh, and I, I didn't, I didn't see too much of a problem with it. Right. You and I, I think we had, we had like maybe our snobby phases, our, our bad snobby phases. Yeah, where most definitely. Like, uh, I definitely did. Um, but I just, I don't think I care anymore. <laughs> exactly. Just, yes. And that, on top of it all, you, you have, you even have some, some big brands that technically made homage watches. Hamilton made a watch, I think it was called the Otis. And if you if you look at that watch, it's a reverso copy. It's really? a it's a reverso. It's a look look at we'll we'll post a photo. Yeah, let's post um, a photo. That's so cool. You know, are you you know is somebody gonna shit on Hamilton because they made a? <laughs> no, everybody fucking loves Hamilton. Yeah, of course. You know they're they're a good affordable brand. Um, but I just. I don't think it's something I care about that much. I, like I can't, I can't get mad. I, I anymore. I think because we've sort of evolved past that point. Because what you and I have begun doing, which is something I've been practicing recently, and not sound like a broken record, but we collect in a vacuum now. We don't mm-hmm. care anymore about like people's homages or whatever because we don't care what people think of what we're wearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just yeah. that's just I feel like the reality of it. But other people still care, and I sort of blame uh, Instagram wristwatch culture. You know what I mean? Because the watches that always get the most engagement and the most fucking clicks and the most fucking uh, unzipped jeans are people fucking taking pictures of their uh, Ublo Big Bangs and their Ferraris in like <laughs> Milan, or the person like taking a picture and his like his Porsche Roadster wearing his Monaco in Monaco. You know what I mean? And ah, it's just... the, 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 steer, the steering wheel shot, man. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or the shot with the one guy who's got fucking 15 Rolexes and he just infects his whole fucking arm by putting on every single one. You know what I Dude, mean? I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask my dad to send me a steering wheel shot, a wrist <laughs> shot, his Casio while he's sitting on his fucking lawnmower. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be the one. But I feel like <laughs> that. I feel like those, that kind of Instagram culture, because because even people like us who have an open mind. They still see that and like, yeah, dude, that's the fucking new ceramic bezel, blah, 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 whatever bullshit. Like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, you know, upvote or like or whatever the hell it is. And I feel like subconsciously you're still putting all of those brands above all the rest. So when you see an homage piece, you're saying in your brain, well, that's not the fucking Rolex I upvoted earlier today. Like, who is he trying yeah. to fool? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And honestly, I I would even argue that, you know, to our previous point, some of these homages could could help the brands because I bought way back, like a sixty dollar Parnas. Oh no, I yeah, think it, I remember I you think, talking about that. Actually, I think it was a hundred. I think it was a hundred and twelve or something. It was a little mm-hmm. more. Um, but it was. Uh, I think it was called the Parnas mini 50 or something like that and it was uh it was a pam 111 uh homage cool and i i remember like you know getting into watches and stuff you 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 try to learn like as much as you can you know you hear panerai and stuff you look at panerai 
And Panerai can be kind of polarizing for some people. You know, you can either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it. I was like, man, those look really cool, but they're really expensive. Like, yeah. is this something that I should kind of hope to own one day? I don't know. Um, so I bought that thing. and uh, The, uh, the Parnas, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah, the right. Parnas. And, uh, you know, I wore it for a bit. And I was like, wow, this is, this is kind of cool. Like, owning one would 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 be pretty awesome one day. And, right. I, you know. We both we we've, we've both walked into into stores and tried Panerai's on and stuff and it it's a brand that I I think uh, kind of falls victim to that Instagram risk culture. Oh yeah, sometimes. dude! But, I just need a Pam One Eleven and some skull beads, bro. Yeah, but the Pam One Eleven on its own is is pretty cool. It's, I don't it, know. It, it, for me, it is a very beautiful watch. I feel like it's polarizing because you have to understand when you purchase a Panerai. Most of the Panerai models, you're not, I can't really say you're not getting something that has like orological influence or relevance because it, I mean, it sort of does, but it does, but you're, I feel like when you buy that watch, the first thing that people really are attracted to is the the look of it. I don't yeah. really subscribe to the idea that if you buy one of those, you're, you're purchasing your own pathway into the Italian frogman diver culture that they're based off of. No. Yeah, that's fucking so far removed, it's not even funny anymore. All right? Dog. Yeah. My dog agrees. Dog agrees, Once man. Once again. You know? <laughs> like, like, it's, it's, it, when you buy that watch, you're, you know, you're buying it for the same reason why a non-watch person would buy a fashion brand. Sorry. You know? But I didn't know. I, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about that when I saw the first Panerai. Neither did I. Hold on. Sweetie, get out of there. Get out of there. Damn cat. My cat does this thing where she likes sticking her hands in the garbage and then coming and putting her paws on my face. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't know why she does that. Come on. You're embarrassing daddy. Come on. You know what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, no, I didn't know anything about that either. But to your point, you know, getting the homage, it's just part of the path. You know what I mean? You can't just like watches one day and then fucking go and buy a Rolex. I mean, if I, I know if some people do, and if you do, rock and roll, whatever, dude. But for most of us normalos, it's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you unfortunately get into this weird thing of, okay, I like this Rolex. I can't afford this Rolex. I don't want to get an homage because people are going to think that, you know, I don't actually like know anything about watches or people are going to make fun of me. I'm just going to save up and then buy this watch. You're immediately on the path to purchasing a watch for the wrong fucking reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, for other people. For other people. 100%. You know? So I feel like being okay with homages is a way to circumvent tricking yourself into buying a watch for other people, you know? So, I mean, uh, it's funny, actually, we're going to have a guest on in the future, uh, and we're going to, I don't know if I can say who it is, but we're going to talk about specifically homages within the micro-brand community, you know what I mean? Because homages and micro-brands are pretty popular, if you think about it. I mean, specifically fucking um you know janice trading they have fucking sick sick sub homages right now with uh they have cool rolex homages and like the uh, tudor snowflake hands you know what i mean they're one of the few brands that actually have the measurements right too so yeah that's a that's a 40 millimeter case or 42 40 40 that's, I think they're all 40. That's so fucking cool, man. Oh, my God. And they're running out. And the thing is, that's like sort of what they're so, – they used to be 
Lou and Huey, Lou, Louie, Hugh and Dewey. No, those are those are those are Donald's uh, nephews. Um, Hugh, <laughs> no, nah, uh, fucking Hugh. I, Chris, I'm so sorry. Lou, Lou, Lou and Huey, Huey and Lou. Uh, but they changed. Man, my I, I can never say it. I can't. I can never say it. <laughs> my 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 dyslexia is out in full fucking force right now. Um, <laughs> But and they've kind of restructured into Janus Trading and Janus Trading. They started out with these, uh, not started out, but now they have these uh, these sub homages. They're coming out with really cool old uh, like sixties and seventies vintage compression style cases with the Tropics. I think that's what they're called. I have one pre-ordered. I'm fucking super pumped for it. I am super super pumped for it to show up in the mail. It uses mm-hmm. it uses one of those new STP one uh, movements, uh, Swiss movements that's basically owned by Fossil. There. Uh, attempt to sort of um, undercut some of the lost Edo traffic. You know what I mean? So yeah. But that seems to be okay. Micro brand homages seem to be fine because those get a lot of love. You know what I mean? Well, it's 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 kind of the way. It's a way to take your your micro brand and get people excited really quick uh, about what you offer. Right. And you know. Get it, you know, pull out a vintage design from the archives and and see what you find and 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 make a watch. Um, and and these days, when it comes to watch design, it's gonna be it's hard. It's hard to come up with something totally unique. Correct. Because um, the thing mean, is, so if you come up with if, if you come up with something super super new unique, you can basically fall into the pit trap uh, pitfall of over design. You can over design a watch to where it's not even like remotely attractive or palatable you know what i mean mm-hmm. at the same time you don't want to have it look like exactly like a copy of a of a, of a, a submariner or or yeah. you know what i mean or like a seamaster 300 because then mm-hmm. you're just making counterfeits or you're making yeah. not creative homages you know so janus trading they have those sub homages but they're they have their own really cool spin. They have cool dial textures. They kind of uh, do their own thing with colors. And I think that's why it works. Now, the question becomes, if you're a micro brand and you sort of start out doing those homages and you want to do your own unique designs, how the fuck do you transition? Like, how do you do yeah. that? Is there is there a way to start start your watch brand without coming out with an homage? The only... I, isn't, that, isn't that what Halios did? Jason over Halios? Did or did did he start with with an homage or was it a completely unique design? I thought it was a complete, I I he, thought, I thought it was a completely unique design. I could be wrong. I can't remember what the first watch was. I know the puck was pretty early. Right. That thing is. I I can't think of anything that looks like that watch. You know, funny? Maybe like a maybe a tuna can or something. I I don't know. Every time I feel like one of the more, for me, one of the most recognizable micro brand pieces. Anytime I see it, um. It's probably a tie between the Steverall uh, Megalodon and mm-hmm. the uh, Bronze Moray, but I feel like a close three-way tie in there would be the uh, Halios Tropic B, that bronze one. Yeah. Incredibly recognizable. I could fucking spot yeah. that watch from across the room, and that's that's amazing to do that. And for me to still like it, I could spot any fucking watch across the room and fucking hate it, but, you know... So I guess those are exa- – I mean that's something we would do a little more research on. If Halios – if Jason over Halios started with more homage looking pieces but then has transitioned to just fucking like recognizable, these are my fucking pieces, how did he do it? Did he just do it one day? I don't know. 
you know what i mean and and even just that i mean how do you find uh you know affordably find a, a case manufacturer supplier that yeah. is gonna is gonna either are you gonna go the route of buying a batch of cases that are made already or are you gonna try to design something from scratch like maybe maybe designing something from scratch is you know i mean of course it is it's, it's way harder right so um you know just buy the off-the-shelf stuff and um but that's well that's brand. that's probably why uh the things that janice trading does alter away from the typical um snowflake and uh submariner designs are dials and hands and loom because those are easy to change i see yeah you know what i mean if you go to the Hong yeah. Kong watch show and this guy says, I can make you 5,000 uh, Submariner uh, case shapes, and then you meet someone else who says, well, I can do a dial in this style, any color you want. Like, cool, I'll put these two guys together and I'll do an homage, but it'll be my homage, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting. I feel like people need to be a little bit more self-reflective and maybe try and understand why they're so quick to insta-hate on an homage and if you really want to put yourself through the 40 days in the desert test think of invicta if your first reaction is just rage like rage like flip when someone says oh i like invicta like think about it like that was my reaction when this fucking knucklehead told me he wanted to buy vin diesel's fucking cockering and strap it to his wrist i'm like oh you're mm -hmm. a moron i didn't know you were a moron but now i know you're a moron but that's not yeah. fair of me to say you know and if and if you don't if you have an if you have a problem with them you know just don't buy one that's that's the other thing. If you cannot reconcile your indifferences in, in or your differences, you don't have to buy it, dude. Don't feel like you have yeah. to eradicate it from the or, like orological universe. That's not cool, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, some there there are a whole lot of people that that act that way. There there are a lot of angry people in watches. Because a whole lot of angry people. The angry people. Just mad. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, they get mad because <laughs> that this it's it's. It's almost like you're trampling on their knowledge of the true watch, quote unquote, if you walk in with an homage. It's just like, bro, like you can't fucking wear an homage and get the same satisfaction that I would get if I were able to actually fucking afford a milsub because you don't know anything about the actual milsub. You know what I'm saying? Which obviously mm -hmm. is not usually the case. But there's a lot of anger because I don't know. It's just they just there's this weird lunge for constant authenticity. I think it's in the same vein as people who would get hard ons for seeing you know two thousand meter water resistance. Like, well, when the fuck are you ever gonna use that, dude? You know? Do you think? Do you think it's uh, it has something to do with them feeling insecure about the fact that people can buy into a hobby that they see? as exclusive at a more affordable price point that is an excellent point michael that's actually i think that might be the most direct addressing of the situation we've we've talked about yeah that's that's people interpreting someone else cheaply buying into you know a hobby that they feel like they have more sweat and tears in like that's your point right yeah. Yeah, that's actually in um, fact a fucking amazing point. I think I, you know it's funny. I feel like it's an amazing point because I feel like that's the reaction I had when this guy told me he liked this Invicta, because he's like, oh, I'm a watch guy too, and it's like, bro, you can't fucking call yourself a watch guy until you've had to compare fonts, font types on the back of a fucking Paul Jot 3133. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's obviously not the case. Like, that's not the case. So that's a really good point. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
it's yeah. it's all it's all about what the watch means to you. Exactly. I, I saw I saw a post I saw a post on um on Reddit yesterday, and I think it was a top top post on on watches for a while, and uh, it was just a you know cell phone shot of these two watches. I think it was like a kind of like a JC Penny Bulova and a Fossil watch. Okay. And um, and the guy was like, you know, these these are the, these two watches just mean the world to me, and uh, it's because my wife gave them to me. And she passed away three years ago. Wow. And yeah, and like, I was I was just on the bus reading that, and I'm like looking at these watches, and I'm like, those two watches are worth more than any fucking like quadruple tourbillon in the world, like ever, to this one guy. Yeah, no, that, that's sure so true. Even if he's a dude that like has other watches, like more, he's got a few subs or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Like even if he's a watch guy. Like, I don't know, like, to have something that special, like, what if it is an Invicta? Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? Um, the thing is, that's, that's, someone, that's someone who's doing what they do true to themselves. Not even talking about watch yeah. collecting. That's them doing what feels right to them in a vacuum, saying, like, I know if I wear this fossil... If I pass a guy and he's wearing like a fucking FP Jorn, he's gonna think I'm a fucking peon, or I'm just like a like a like like a like a jerk wearing a cheap watch. But yeah. I get more meaning and fulfillment from this fossil watch just because of the meaning that I have more than he'll have from his FP Jorn because you know he paid so much for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Unless someone's wife died and they gave him an FP Jorn, that's different. <laughs> yeah. Fucking completely different. You know. But I see. But, I totally. Uh, yeah. see, I totally see your point, though. That's crazy. Just- wow. Just, just like, just like you know, the quartz episode that we have, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kaz and I have been talking quite a bit off air. You know, we we want to hear what what you guys think, because um, we Kaz and I have we've kind of evolved as collectors and enthusiasts, and you know, I not not that long ago, I just I kind of shunned homages. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Yeah, and I don't, same same here. Looking back, I don't know why. I don't think I had a good reason at all. You know, I got rid of that Steinhardt, and and I, you know, I brought it up, and you're like, you know, that's one of the reasons you got rid of it, right? I'm like, no, it was, it was one of the reasons, mm-hmm. but I was an asshole for it. <laughs> it was, it was those lugs, yeah. Steinhardt. But <laughs> if um, you're listening, Mister Mister Ishmael Steinhardt, I have no idea if that's who his <laughs> name. I I don't know what his name is, but Mister Ishmael Steinhardt, if you're listening, it was them lugs. All right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, let us know what you think. I mean, do you have uh, homage watches? Has have you bought an homage that has eventually led you to uh, maybe a more expensive purchase? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have an Invicta? If, <laughs> Is if, if it you cool have an homage you? watch, like like tell us your opinions. Tell us if you've ever gotten weird opinions from other people you tried talking to about it. Um, just tell us your general opinion on homage watches, but also really, really important, if we've said anything to maybe sort of change your mind about how you see homage watches, let us know. If we haven't said anything, if we've said things, you know, like, yeah, I heard you guys. I know what you're saying. I still think homage watches need to be fucking eradicated from the earth. Let us know. It'd just be cool to hear from you guys. I mean, because I think it's something that's super, super important. Like, like Michael said, in the same vein, uh, it's in the same category of importance with the quartz watches. Quartz watch snobbery needs to fucking end, like now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. they're they're another chapter in the history of timekeeping. In the same way, fucking 
you know, Franciscan monk candles are and Chinese water clocks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the fucking quartz snobbery needs to end. In addition to yeah. that, the weird homage snobbery just needs to needs to end and just reevaluate, really take a look deep inside. Like like Michael was saying, like fucking I don't even know like if you don't know why you hate an homage watch or just homage in general, like really ask yourself why. Think about it. Because that's how you actually become a true partaker in the horological like passion. Like that's how you really become a watch collector. By knowing the ins and outs, not just of pieces you collect, but your entire psyche around the subject you're passionate about you know what i mean i really think so yeah, yeah. super important um <sighs> i think that was good is that a good place to stop i think uh i think we've we've gotten a good point across to people it's something i want to return to which is why it's super super valuable if you guys hit us up in the same way all you awesome guys rallied together and got and got with us about orient in the same way you guys rallied together and got to us about your opinions on quartz watches because we've been getting a lot of really really cool feedback and thoughts on people and their relationship with quartz watches even now let us know your opinions on homage watches do you have any do yeah. you have an invicta if you don't have an invicta do you have like a squally 1521 or whatever the squally sub homages and those things are fucking beautiful those things are so cool you know what i mean yeah they are what did you like, s- like i said they're they're one of the brands that that actually have the the measurements right yeah you know what did you say we were texting and you said it was, did you say it was handsome i might have called it handsome. you might which is which is perfectly appropriate it's, it's really really cool you know what I mean? <laughs> it's really it's so like if you don't have like an Invicta homage, if you have a Squally homage, like if you have hate on them, if you don't have hate on them, just let us know. Hit us up. We'd love to talk to you guys about it. It's super fun. It's uh, every week we hear from more and more people, and it's just uh, it's super super cool. It's super cool to know that there are so many people who think the same way out there, and the same way being the smart way. I just want to I just want to reiterate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and again, if you listen to the show and you like the show, or even if you're just chiming in and you like what you've heard, uh, leave us reviews on, on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more uh, uh, ears and eyes we can get on the show, and the more of that we do, the more awesomeness we can bring. The more thought and effort we can put into recording the show, the more we can kind of evolve. We're still working on doing the website, um, and just getting articles up there, actually just getting like written word out on thoughts and just kind of reviews and reflections so you don't have to hear you know my voice saying these things because I'm sure folks are tired of my voice at this point. You know? Well, now well, now when people read, they can hear our voices in their heads. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so or maybe good. not. I don't, I don't know if that I don't, happens Well, that now, now I'm going to hear – that's funny. Now I'm going to hear your voice when I read stuff that you write, and you're going to hear my <laughs> voice. But I'm also going to hear my voice, but that was default anyway. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so leave a review on iTunes just so everyone knows if you're like, oh, yeah, I heard Casper say leave a review, but I'm sure someone else will. Someone else probably will. You are totally right. But I just want to let everyone know something we discovered today, and correct me if I'm wrong, iTunes will only show reviews for the country that they were left in to people in that country. So if two people left us reviews in the States, if you look us up in the United States, you're only going to see two reviews. But if someone in Sweden, if, if we got five reviews in Sweden, they're going to see five reviews, not the two reviews. So it's not like if we get five in this country and ten in this country, we're going to have 15. Like, no, it's going to be very fragmented. That's my understanding. If that's wrong, please super correct me. But having said that, if you feel like, oh, I'm sure someone will leave a review, they probably will. But at this stage where it's very, very crucial for us to just kind of 
have a presence and get more people like with us, get more people on this awesome watch love train we got going, leave a review. Even if it's super, super short, as long as you like the show, leave a review. If you don't like the show, we don't want to hear from you. Okay. Right, Michael? Or, or send us free watches. Or send us free... <laughs> <laughs> That's that makes sense. If you don't like us, send us send us free shit. No, if you don't, if you don't, uh, we're always we're super open. You know, just joking aside, we're super open to criticism. Many people have already kind of DM'd us and emailed us and said, "Hey, I like this episode, but I feel like so and so could have been done differently, or so and so is better, or you guys should think about doing so and so." I love that. I love that stuff. Getting constructive. That's the most valuable part. It's super valuable because getting constructive criticism in this is so important to me because I love doing it. We love doing it. You know what I mean? So bottom line, let us hear from you. You know what I mean? And just want to reiterate to PS Dance, uh, I I am still your watch friend even if you own a Brightling. <laughs> There's some cool Brightlings out there. There's some super cool Brightlings. It's just not my brand, man. It's just – you know what I will say? I really dig those old school Navitimers. I think those are badass. Yeah. Those are super yeah. cool. And if I ever become like an Andes Trekker, I'm going to buy one of them Brightling Emergencies with the fucking 1.2 frequency, uh, whatever the hell, you know, emergency distress signal. <laughs> it would be great to have one of those if you crash your plane in the Andes. If I crash, because, you know, all of that trekking that I do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think that's a good stopping place. You know, again, let us hear from you. Let us know your opinion on homage watches. Homage watches. I feel like I slur that word. Um, if you have any, let us know what you have. That's super cool. Do you have it and expect to have that forever? Or do you have that and expect to, you know, oh, I'm, I have this now, but I know I only have this because uh, I'm going to work up and get the actual thing it's inspired from, so on and so forth. Let us know what's up. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Two Broke Watch Snobs. Uh, that's our handle our instagram tag i have no idea the fuck it is instagram name or you can email us super super awesome if you email us we get a lot of emails uh tbws.contact at gmail so it's tbws.contact at gmail tbws is um two broke watch knobs uh yeah hit us up let us know and then um we can continue the discussion i think i think that it covers it. yeah i just want to reiterate all the shout outs i did today shout outs to everyone that helped us with our orient situation dc cooper 1987 uh, watch video review. Check out his YouTube channel at Watch Videos. <laughs> I, I still love he has that name. Uh, we'll put a link up <laughs> in the show notes. Uh, shout out to E. Oh, God damn it, dude. E A eight. Uh, BRH watches. Shout out over to uh, Jeff Overland Exchange. Um, you know, with our homage discussion, and shout out to PS Dance, who has a Brightling, and I'm still your friend, dude. Don't worry. Um, yeah. Should I do the sign-off? Should I start? I'll start for a change because I feel like you usually usually start the sign-off because I, I I initiate it. No, I think, I think, yeah, yeah, you can start. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm gonna do it. All right, this is Kaz. This is Mike. You gotta say the two broke watch knobs part. Oh, I gotta say that. We're two broke watch knobs. Later. Later. <laughs>